Put the everything in movie right mode. We are officially recording. That's how we begin our podcast. Yeah, okay. Yeah, surprise beginnings. That's it. Surprise endings sometimes too, but always happy endings. Always happy. Uh, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Cartoon Violence Has a Podcast. I am your super ultra mega hostess with the mostess, though I'm a host, but it goes both way. A hostess can be a male or a female. Host. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah, if you're like a ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> and I believe your name is Professor Robot. My name is Professor Robot. And, <laughs> and I believe my name is Dr. Octave. And I believe we are here with, I forgot to ask you exactly how to pronounce it before we started, but if um, I was French, I'd say Jean Baudin. Yeah, that's right? correct. That's correct. But I, I, you know, in the US, I go by Jean. Jean, Jean, Jean Boudin. When you're touring Europe, though. It becomes Jean. It becomes and, Jean. But here yeah. in America, it's just Jane. Just Jane Bowdane. Just, just good old Jane Bowdane. A little more of and that. You, are, you know, and I've, I've actually thought about, like, re, you know, changing the pronunciation and forcing people to say, you know, say Bowdane. Yeah. But uh, it's re- it's really hard. So. Americans, we, we speak English here in America. Yeah. That's how they feel, at least. I don't really watch baseball, but I saw a baseball player. His name, his last name was G A U D I N. Okay. And they had the sportscasters or whoever, you know, doing commentary, and they were saying "go down," you know, so that people will do it, I guess, yeah. if you force them. But well, they're getting paid. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're not yeah. getting paid. So. <laughs> no, this is a freebie. <laughs> it's but, voting. Uh, you you got the most strings of any bassist I know. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So you're kind of, I, I, you know, is it safe to say, is it fair to say that you are well known for your 11 string bassery? Yes, I would. Oh, I mean, before I got into these things, that is a loud bird. Yes. This, uh, this podcast is featuring birds. <laughs> birds. Should so close the window. Um, It'll be quieter, but we'll be hotter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. People deal with the birds. We it's hot. Next, we have in California. Yeah. It, it's a hot s- summerish day. Not even summer, and it's already hot, so you can imagine how those birds feel. And if you know what bird that is, tweet at us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, First person to correctly guess what birds are squawking will win this month's loot crate. How about that? Hey, that's a good one. Yeah, there we go. All right. Well, enough of that. Let's get back to the basics. Um, yeah, I did it. I went there. I, I went there. So, yeah, you have... a. Your your instrument is just very unique and exotic to a lot of folks, I would imagine. Like, when did you first start playing eleven string bass? Um, I should always kind of like mark down the year. I think it was um, I ordered my first one, I believe, in two thousand three, and it took three years to um. So you got kinda, it get it finished so, so it was like ready in 2006 yeah like around 2005 2006 um you know before i actually had a finished base in my hand and that one was the first finished one i guess you guys can't yeah see we can this. We'll yeah. Uh, that's a the, photo hideous, up. the hideous claw uh was the first uh finished one well actually no that this one was the first finished one. the joust saying? one yeah um so he has a joust inlay on, on the 11th. Yeah. Base. And, um, 
I don't know. It it, it kind of was a progression because I started out. Um, I I tried to play guitar when I was a kid, and I uh, broke one of my fingers playing I, guitar. Or no, no, I just broke, broke a, finger. a finger. And um, and I couldn't like do chords. I don't know if you can kind of see. It's like bends into the other. I couldn't do like a chord. So it was like someone said, "Oh, you should play bass." And then I got a bass and had four strings and I was kind of bummed and you like listen to a record, you know, like, well, where's, where's the bass part? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. Uh, most recordings you can't, uh, hear, uh, the bass lines clearly. Um, so then I kind of started getting into, okay, I'll, I'll try to get a five string bass. Oh, that bird is annoying me. You know, I'm going to close the window. <laughs> Sorry. you guys. No worries. Birds. We all got to deal with them. This is like a Bernie rally up in here. Burning it because there's birds. Yeah, you, you put a bird on it on the podcast. Cartoon Violence has a podcast. We'll put a bird on it. Why not? Now it's even more. Now our podcast is more hip, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta. So like four strings, it wasn't doing it for you. Not really hearing the bass on stuff. So you got a five string. Well, I just bass. wanted to kind of. I don't know. I just wanted to play more than just bass lines. I guess. Yeah. Just kind of, um, I don't know, just to me, being in the background and just playing bass just didn't make sense, I guess. Yeah, no, so, I was I was the same way in a lot of ways. I started off on bass and I got like a, I just started off with like a four string bass and then proceeded to not play bass like a bassist at all because like I was in a band with like three or four guitarists when I first started out. And I really just wanted to like stick out and do my own thing. And like, one of the guitarists would get mad. He's like, "Dude, you play it like a guitar. Like, you're not supposed to do all this stuff." And I'm just, this is like, this is what I play, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when I started getting into bands and stuff, I mean, I would, you know, take the bass role seriously. So I wouldn't try to like do solos and stuff all over the music. But yeah. I definitely tried to approach it more musically and less. Like I'm in the background playing two notes. Yeah, it's time, not all just so. root notes and yeah. in the pocket. So, so, did you really have like bassist influences? Um, there, there was a couple guys. Like you know, as a kid, I liked like Iron Maiden and uh, maybe Rush or something like that. Just like any other metal kid. Um, but I think after a couple of years, it was just like I, I, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I, you know, I within like the first couple months of playing, I could play all the Iron Maiden bass lines. And, you know, I learned all the, yeah. cause I'm kind of, uh, I, I'm really focused and we'll get into something really quickly. So, you know, I kind of, um, uh, learned a lot of that stuff pretty quickly. So I kind of was trying to go beyond that. And then, you know, I've always been into kind of weird, weirder music anyway. So I've always tried to mix, mix it up a little bit. So nice. how long had you been playing before you switched to an 11 string? Uh, I want to say 15 years, maybe 10, oh. 15 years. And like, I don't know. Let's see. Probably close to 20 years. Okay. So yeah. late, late addition to your career, but it not quite sort of defined. Well, see, well but what happened is, is like, okay, first I started playing four and then within a year I had a five string bass. And then in, um, I was on tour with, nuclear out we were playing in la and i did some goofy flip on stage and i broke the headstock 
of the bass and um we went to guitar center to try to get you know something to play really quick and then return to our guitar center when we got back to the bay area and um they they didn't really have any like cool five string basses so they had a six string alembic bass so then the next show i was playing a six string um and then i was playing some gig in sacramento and some guy said hey i saw you're playing a six string have you seen conklin um i don't know if you heard of them but the original pac-man bass i had uh was a conklin bass so and and the guy said oh yeah they uh they make a eight string bass and seven string basses and stuff like that. So, really? like double, like where the eight strings like like a twelve string guitar. No, no, no. Like it's just individual strings. Out. Yeah. So and uh, so I called him up and I said, "Well, what's the most strings you can put on a bass?" And he said, well, "I've made one nine string before." And it it took a lot of um, a lot of phone calls and back and forth. Pretty much with anybody that's built me an instrument. It's taken a lot of like arm twisting to kind of get them to to actually uh, make it. So um, that's kind of how I got the nine string, and then I played the nine string for a good six years before I got to the eleven string. And then I had a twelve string, but the high high string was just not um, predictable enough. It like if I played it too hard, it would snap. Mm. So I kind of said, you know, I'll I'll stay with eleven. Do you have to get like custom? There. Do you have like custom string sets built? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, how hard is it to replace the string when you break one? Um, you know, I keep the sets pretty long. The, these high strings are basically guitar strings, so I mean, it's um, you just have to go buy a couple packs. Yeah, and I stuff. mean, you can kind of see they get eaten away, kind of like a guitar string. So yeah. the the three high strings I change pretty regularly. The rest of the strings, maybe once, once every eight months or something like that not too often that's wild what and then the low one is well, you're not super much low there <laughs> with all the effects on um is that a low a it's or... a low c sharp dang so so it's about it. so you go like as low as you can go pretty much oh we should hit record on this song <laughs> let's let's we're doing the sound demo now So what's the octave range on that? Do you know? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, let's see. One, two, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, almost six. Wow. Dang, Is that's... that more or less in Christina Aguilera's range? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, don't <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't keep up with her range. I have Why no not? idea. I don't know. That's disappointing to me. Yeah, well, you should really keep up with Christina Aguilera just in general. More. My cousin got me watching The Voice recently. Really, you like that show? Um, it's it's better than other singing shows, certainly, because they actually care about the voice Winning. and not just the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of show too. It's a big glossy affair, but they have good singers and they give them good coaching. I think so. they made that show wrong, though. Yeah, the show should end right after they pick them because like where they don't see them and then they're singing they're like oh i wonder you know it's like you know a little girl or a a man where they thought it was a woman or something Mm -hmm. that's the only interesting part of the show as soon as like as soon as they've made their teams the show is like then it just turns into american idol yeah it's crap sorry 
I don't know. I can't get into any of those shows. I I feel like I feel like it's just toying with people's dreams and emotions too much. It's like people work really, really hard to become good at their craft. And then like if you go on one of those shows, even if you don't lose, you've signed a contract that says if you ever get anywhere with your career, like they're gonna get a cut of it. Oh really? Yeah, that's that's I pretty don't know that's, about that. That's pretty I, th- that, I think that's American, only if American they Idol win. did that stuff. No, even if you don't win, like really? if you're on if you if you're on American Idol or anything like that, like they get a cut of it. Like they know they're giving you free publicity. Yeah, because essentially it's like you're only discovered through their show is the way that they they see it. And like you also sign away like a right to likeness and stuff like that to be on the show. Uh-huh. So they have rights to your image. And when and you die you. they can make a hologram out of you. Yeah. Probably. Holograms are where it's at now. I think really the big thing is to just be a dead musician and have your hologram be in shows. I actually auditioned for America's Got Talent. Really? <laughs> that's, Did, a, that's a whole story. Oh, yeah? Oh, How yeah? did that go? Uh, it's kind of funny. I, I kind of didn't want to do it, so I, I think that's a big part of why I didn't go farther than I did. Um, let's see. How do I explain? Um so, yeah, I just had a bunch of people bugging me all the time. You should audition for America's Got Talent, blah, 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 blah. So I um, finally went for it. So I just said, oh, what the fuck? I'll, I'll try it, see what happens. So um, it, the one that I had, they didn't have one in San Francisco. So I had to drive about six hours down to, to L.A. And it was um, me and my wife. And we, um, you know, it's it's basically kind of, it's kind of like what you see on TV. You know, you got... Um, thousands of people all in line. Everybody's excited. And, you know, of course you have people that, you know, really shouldn't be there at all <laughs> that are, you know, in the side practicing and that's yeah, great. Everybody has their dreams. Um, so I kind of went in and uh, it was like 10, 10 AM, 9 AM where you kind of um, show up and yeah. uh, stand around all day. And I don't know. I don't want to bore you too much with it. I mean, it's basically everybody's together. Then they get all the singers because it, it's not just, you know, singing on that show. It's um, it's like musicians, singers, jugglers, some dude with, you know, some dots. guy dressed like a robot. Yeah, and, like, there was, there was some lady thing. that had all these birds and um, like bordering on stupid human. Tricks. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Um, so um, so we're there and they kind of. Um, you know, call, okay, all the musicians go over here. And I had this bass, and I don't know if you can kind of see the end here. You yeah. guys can't see it online, but it has a pointy end. And um, I kind of made the mistake of giving my wife the the case. So, like, feel how heavy this thing is. Oh, wow, please okay. don't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, ow. <laughs> so, so it's, this is like, It's heavy. I, it's like I could barely pounds. keep it up with one and hand. I made the mistake of giving her, because I had an amp, and I had, like, a little pedal board. And it's like... They're kind of, you know, creaming this off all into different um, lines. So I was kind of like, okay, well, hold on to my, you know, I don't need this back because I'll be back in half hour or something like that whenever I do my thing. And um, the way it's designed, I couldn't put it on the ground. So I had to hold it and I couldn't hold it this way. You can uh, and this is kind way. of an important part of the story because what happens afterward. So, um, and I couldn't really, there was like no chairs or anywhere to put it down and I couldn't just lay it on the ground, you know? It's, yeah. it's, so anyways, so I'm pretty much in that line for an hour 
And then they move us to another area and I'm in another line for like another hour, two hours or something. Then they bring like 30 people at a time into a room and you, you, um, there's two guys there and there's a video camera videotaping you. And, um, you, you know, each person kind of plays their two minutes of, you know, it was like singer songwriters and musicians kind of in the, the everybody pool. claps and goes, yeah, good job. Blah, blah, blah. And then, um, and for, for most everybody, that's kind of, that's all it was, you know, and everybody after they're done, they're like, yeah, I did great. Hope they call me and I'll be on the show. You know, we talk to each mm-hmm. other. And, um, so I'm like, cool, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. You know, this is great. And then somebody kind of sneaks up behind me and kind of grabs like, you know, my shirt and tugs at me and like super secret. And they're like, um, can you hold on a few minutes? And then they grabbed two other people. So there was just three of us now and they bring us back into the same room. And then I'm, you know, I'm just kind of, um, now they like say, okay, can you play a little bit more? Can you kind of explain what you do? And the guy's talking, but there's a person next to him that's kind of like typing. And I get, I think what it is, is there's a producer somewhere watching the feed Mm. and asking questions and sending it to them to ask the questions. It's a Roxanne situation. Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) so, um, yeah, apparently this, this went on and I, you know, played a little bit more and, um, you know, I kind of said, Oh, you, uh, like this is great i didn't really want to do this but you know hey you know this is what i do so if you like it cool if you don't you know mm-hmm. I'll, I'll see you guys later and um and they had they had me play i think like i think i did like a, i was doing like a because i have always at shows mixed in like stuff like rihanna or i don't know uh, Katy perry or you know, I do the same thing. I've got, I've got a killer. <laughs> well, they, they sound cool when you just do like a bass solo thing and there's kind of, you, you throw that yeah. in there or something. And I, I mentioned that and played a little bit and they're all, okay, that's cool. Um, so we're, when we send you to the next room, you're going to, we're going to have you do another audition. Um, don't say that you don't want to be here and don't, you know, don't, uh-huh. um, try to be really, you know, excited about it. And, um, you know, he's trying to give me a, advice. And then, so I, I get sent to another room. They make like, I guess a little a placard, you know, they take my picture and um, I could see them kind of making, um, you know, I don't know what you call it when they. An ID yeah, badge. Yeah. Like a uh, badge a thing, but pass. yeah, it's like, like that, but it's huge. It's okay. like, you know, pretty big with a bunch of info on it. So like a, like a docket about you. Yeah. Like yeah. For taking your mugshot. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they can like, you know, you know, this guy's good. This, this guy's is that. Yeah. Is yeah. Him. Look at him. Read about him now. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Exactly. Flashcards. Yeah. Now scrutinize him. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, so I go to this, you know, this, this other room and, um, now it's like, I've gone from thousands of people to 30 people. And now it's like six people in a room. And then like, I'm hearing like, Oh yeah, I did four auditions. Another person's like, I did, you know, five auditions for singing. Another person's like, I did three. And I'm like, I did one. (laughs) They just like instantly put me into this other area. And then I'm the long story short, I just played in front of the producers and I was, I was basically kind of pissed off because about that time it was like, I don't know, eight or nine hours I'd been there and my arm was hurting and from holding it the whole time, no place to put it. And I was just kind of pissed off and. (laughs) <laughs> I think they just they, they, they never they sensed it or yeah something. probably they're like oh, this guy's not gonna be good t- for tv um and then so on my drive home so I, I guess they find out like two days later i can't move my arm at all 
And basically what happened, I, um, I had a, uh, forget what they're called, like a physical therapist meet with me and I actually saw a doctor about it because I wasn't sure what happened. I couldn't move my arm. So my arm was stuck in this position. Just like cramped from holding it? So I guess what happened is um, I um, I don't know if it's sprained or something, but uh, the cartilage got loose. So I'm like, just holding my, my instrument for, for that nine many hours. hours. And I guess what happens is when that happens, like in tennis, I guess it's like tennis elbow or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but what happens is, you know, normally when you do that, okay, you can kind of move your arm afterwards. But when you're stuck in a position, because I had to drive home and my arm was stuck like this, I guess the the stuff, the cartilage or whatever, I, sorry, guys, I can't explain it well. Uh, it kind of like froze yeah. and my arm was stuck. And I swear I could, I like couldn't put a fork in my mouth for like probably a good three, four weeks. Man. Wow. So that was, that's that's talent that's that's my um, that's that's talent and america's got it yeah that's, <laughs> that's my gift Man. but it worked out well your arm is moving now <laughs> so happy ending kids <laughs> that's what we're all about here it all it all worked out um well, let's see uh if you don't mind like you were a nuclear rabbit yeah that yeah. like do you so you were kind of the founder of the band right yeah yeah like you put it together just to kind of do what you wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, I was kind of an idiot. I like came up with the idea of the band and made stickers and was at shows like giving out stickers and there was like nobody else in the band. It was just me. <laughs> Field of That's... dreams, man. If you so make like, stickers, I'm the like, band will come. I'm like, yeah, nuclear ass. Fuck it, dude. We're fucking awesome. I was like giving out stickers and there was no nobody in the band. And uh, uh, yeah. That's basically how it started. So then did you like book a show and then you're like, oh, shit, I need a band. No, or... no, I eventually started getting one by one. And the, the people, uh, the, the the original members were all kind of in another band. So I almost like just kind of hijacked their band. Yeah, almost. Yeah. You're a band but they were playing it. like like metal, like Metallica kind of style. And this was kind of the, I don't know, funk thrash, Primus, Mr. Bungle era. So yeah. it was like a different style of music. So. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you, when you hear nuclear rabbit, it totally brings you back to that era of music yeah, too, yeah, in a lot of ways. Bungle-esque band I've ever heard besides Yeah. Bungle. You know, like people have always said that to us and I said, oh, okay, well, I guess it's kind of weird cause we're, you know, we're quirky and stuff. And then they go, oh yeah, they're a bungle ripoff band. And it's like, you, you don't fucking understand. If we were a bungle ripoff band, we would have had, we would have wore masks like Slipknot or something. We would have had like keyboards and trumpet players yeah and i mean it's like it's totally not really the same thing but i guess yeah, I, don't, I don't know what like you'd have to be in the same section in the record store yeah i don't yeah, know how yeah. else to say it yeah, but like yeah. you, they're definitely different yeah, bands yeah. And, and different styles and during that period there was tons of other bands that were kind of like that it's just bungle with you know with mike Patton getting in faith the more right. and kind of getting popular that way um after you know when time goes on nobody remembers the blue chunks or disciples of ed and all the other bands that were pretty awesome and they were you know i guess bungle-esque too but they just didn't yeah they didn't get the they didn't get the celebrity cred or whatever the bump yeah whatever yeah yeah no that was like that was like a really good time to be getting into like because i think the first time i heard anything like it was like when i was like 13 or 14 Mm mm-hmm you know, and I was like, wow, this, I don't know. Like, what's the problem with there being 
more than one band making awesome music that like no one else is really like pushing. Mm. It's not a problem. I mean, yeah, it should, it yeah that's the be, thing is it shouldn't be like it shouldn't be that we have to compare you to just Mr. Bungle because that's the most popular yeah. thing anybody knows. Like yeah, there yeah. should be ten bands we can rattle off, and then it becomes old hat that you make that yeah. kind of music. Because um, yeah. I love it. Uh, I actually only recently found out about Nuclear Rabbit. You know, I've, I've we played what like four or five different concerts uh, over the past yeah, couple yeah. years. Yeah. We were both on the same bill, and I've just known you as the eleven string bass guy that has shitloads of pedals and plays really cool Mario songs in yeah, between. Yeah. Um, but I'd have no idea until uh, his girlfriend had your tapes in the car. Yeah, she's like, oh she's your God, number one, one fan, by the way. I don't know if you you remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I told her, but yeah, she's she's the best. I sent her a bunch of flyers and yeah. Oh my God, yeah. you have no idea like how she is. Yeah, thank you yeah, for that. No yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, she. Well, sorry, I just went off on a tangent about her. This is about you, Doc. Let's get back to you. Oh, are we talking about me? And, and like me your recent discovery Nuclear of Nuclear Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy to find out about it. I was listening to, um, uh, what is it, Mutopia this morning? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, so is there like an overall concept to Nuclear Rabbit, like as a whole? Because like a lot of your songs have like a, have like stories built into them that like yeah. carry over from well, others. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny. There's definitely a mythology along a, you know, um, uh, with a with a lot of the songs, there's there's stories that are built within it that, um, it it would like you could have a whole podcast explaining you know certain songs how because um, the way we had, we had written a lot of music it was like um, a, a soundtrack to a movie um, that um, didn't exist pretty much, and so. There'd be certain parts like uh, the do you know the song Gazelle? Yeah, uh, perchance. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like each instrument in the song Gazelle is a different um, like uh, thing, I guess. So, like the the um, the guitar is like the gazelle hopping across the field. So it's kind of dun, 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 dun. so it's like a kind of like a gazelle jumping around, nice. and. Um, you know, the, the bass was like the, the lion going after the gazelle. So the bass is always a little bit behind. And it's just just weird shit like that. And um, That's some, like, there's a song called um, It's My Birthday. And there's a part in the in the story where um, these two rednecks kind of grab. Well, I guess the guy's body, he's running down a hill and his body gets cu- cut in half. And he's trying to crawl to his the top part of his body. And he's just about there to the, you know, the his other half and then these rednecks come up and throw a, a hook on the bottom of his body and go driving off and in the song you'll hear like and that's his body kind of bouncing and then there's a part where it's all and that's his body going way up in the air and then he lands kind of on a, a barbed wire fence and he's kind of pinned there and, I, I just, I, <laughs> and then his legs start walking towards him <laughs> Oh man! So <laughs> it's so like, it's you know I've got your legs. Yeah, you know, it's just like some fucked up thing, and it's like nobody knows any of that because there was no like videos or anything. Yeah, like but that's is that like what you guys would talk about while you were writing? Well, that, the music? yeah, that's when we wrote the song. That's kind of how the music is built up, and then the midgetar is about this guy that tried out for Slayer, and um, <laughs> he was like a midget. Like, you read the lyrics; it's all in the in the lyrics. It's it's a midget. And he tried out for Slayer, and they're like, "Oh, dude, you're too fucking short. You're not gonna join this band. Fuck off." But he had he had all the spikes and stuff. And then when they got 
the guitarist later they copied his spike so they like totally ripped off his style but you know they denied too... the midget and then one time he's drunk out in the the forest he gets get bit, bit by a spider he turns into this midget spider thing that's only like this big and then you know fast forward 20 years these kids are like on a town and like okay if you got enough gas you can get all the way over there and avoid the midgetar you know you you know we'll we'll pay you 100 bucks or whatever you know, i could do it and then you know Lo and behold, he runs out of gas. The fucking Mijitar comes up and he's built this giant cave. That's the cover of the rain and blood. And it has all these guys <laughs> hanging that he's captured before. And he plays his concert with his little midget. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Man. That's beautiful. man. Uh, that's no, nothing against little people. I mean, that's just, no, that's that just, was just that's kind just of the, the, story, the story of the time. So man. I think I heard a Wilhelm scream in uh, one of the songs. Yeah. On yeah. There's, there's one in there. Little yeah. little touches, yeah. Man. And you guys, you guys haven't, you guys played a reunion show in like what 2012? Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. call it a reunion show because the band never really broke up. It's just we're so far away from each other that we can't really um, play shows. So ever since you know our, our original drummer kind of moved to LA, and we've had another guy that um, he, you know, he's a great drummer and he and he's kind of played the parts, but unfortunately we've never gotten to the point of writing any nor any nor any new music and um you know it it kind of sucks because it, it's like you know we'll play a show and it's like these people kind of come out and they're like oh yeah i love i love supermarket and like all the old <laughs> yeah. all the all the old songs and even if we played a new song they probably probably wouldn't want to hear it anyway they just probably want to hear i don't know i would probably flip out if there was like new songs yeah play a rabbit i think they're i i don't Especially now, I feel like I just went and saw like The Cure last night, and like I saw the Violent Femmes like a couple of weeks ago. So I feel like there's this whole rejuvenation of like older music right now. Yeah, but would Not you like, want to hear a bunch of new Cure songs? I mean, they played a few new ones. I didn't even like honestly. I did not even know they had a new album out. Yeah, so I felt a little bad about that, but like. I'm not opposed. I mean, if I like a musician, I want to hear their new stuff. I mean, there was there was a point where I I, I stopped listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers new stuff though, mm-hmm. because it got really bad. But I think overall, like most bands I like, like Nine Inch Nails, even like they're still putting out like new music. Yeah, that I can like be like, yeah, okay, I'll groove to this. Um, there are a lot of bands like that. I don't I don't know. I think you know, especially as a musician, I would hate the idea that like. No one listened to anything I did past my first like two or three albums. Yeah. So I'm like, I mean, I think if we were like active the whole time and continuously, you know, selling albums, but you know, it's like last time we played, it's like, oh my God, I wrote this song when I was like 16. (laughs) It's like, you know, I, I'm kind of, you want to move, you want to do something new. Yeah. And it, and it, it just reflects, you know, it doesn't do anything for kind of what, represents me now yeah um yeah but it, i mean it's cool it's fun every once in a while so you would um, do another show at some point yeah i mean definitely but it's just a matter of getting everybody together on the planet's got online yeah i mean like one guy's in santa rosa one guy's in vallejo um uh, i think that's not I, too far yeah, it's not too far but when, but you, when you're an adult I'm, I'm way down here and it's like okay we can practice in our garage but that's it, hard for everybody to mm-hmm. drive three hours to come here in on a weekday when there's like bay area traffic takes you you know yeah. two hours to drive you know 
10 yeah. miles or whatever. Yeah. Well, you can use our studio in Oakland if you need to. Um, just just let us open for you and we'll, we'll be fine with that. Um, but yeah, I think what's really interesting is like the stuff that you do now, if you didn't know about Nuclear Rabbit, you would be like, what? Like, it's they're so far removed, you would never know it was like the same creative force. Yeah, so to I think speak. That's, that was deliberate. Yeah. 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 I mean, how do you go how do you go from that to that? Is it just like a weird um, natural progression? I think just me and my um the kind of music that I like, you know, it's like I can listen to like I don't know. Um I can listen to classical music, I can listen to death metal, I can, you know, I yeah. my 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 um the music I I like, I mean, it, it's pretty varied, so um, being able to play different styles or types of music is, you know, I guess playing you earlier, some kind of, I guess, death metal type. Yeah. Type I mean, music you're, that, I mean you you're know. working with the lead singer of Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably death. Metal-y. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless he's getting eclectic with you, you know, which is also he's possible. Playing flute. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I feel like a lot of musicians in general just tend to be eclectic because you just love music and you always want to like learn and discover yeah. more. So yeah, I mean, we definitely share that sentiment. Like all of our songs are just all over the place, like influentially and like creatively just cause we write a song and we don't really think about like, Oh, we're abandoned this genre mm-hmm. or yeah. whatever. And that's know? the way it should be. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's really difficult because everyone that listens to you wants to be able to describe you to their friends and convince mm-hmm. their friends that they're cool. So they want to put you into that like genre, that label. So yeah, like, you know, the Mr. Bungle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like going back to that a little bit, but yeah, but I mean, was it hard to define yourself as like a solo artist coming from Nuclear Rabbit? Um, no, just because um, I, I don't I want to talk like that, but I mean, there's a market for you know like solo bass music. People want to hear just yeah. the bass by itself. Um, what I do is a little bit different because it's not really a bass either. So I mean, I'm I'm I guess some bass players, if they're open minded, would be like, yeah, that's rad, but. You know, seventy five percent go. Oh, what the fuck, do you have eleven strings for, man? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't <laughs> so know. It's, it's like either way, either way, I lose. So I think those but. are the those are the butthurt bassists, the ones like because like shit. I got an I got a six string fretless bass. You know, and, and I'm not and, even trying to like you know be like, hey, I'm super Superman, and here's my like super bass. It's it's not even like that. I just this is I like challenging myself, and I like having you yeah know, a lot I'm, of notes to my. Like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you've got this and we're I think this is a good time to get into this, but you have this like giant rig of effects pedals and stuff like that, that like kind of help elevate it. Just like you make your bass a really percussive instrument and give it a lot of ethereal qualities uh, and you use loop pedals and stuff like that. So you you're you're using the bass as like an entire band like a lot of the time that you're playing, yeah, you know, and it's like, yeah, a lot of the stuff like that I see you actually, when you're actually playing it, it's really approachable. And I was like, Oh, if I had a bass, I could probably like, like rock a, a rock, a rock a riff like that. But like you add, you add like all of your spices or whatever. Yeah. And you like, you bake the cake your way. Uh-huh. And like, that's what gives it like its authenticity. I think. I don't know. Yeah. It's really yeah. great. Like, passing by you at a show and watching people like do double takes like all that sound uh-huh. is coming out of that one guy with that one instrument 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the, yeah, you got a lot of interesting aesthetic going on just with the 11-string bass by itself. But then, like, the stuff that you do with it, like, that's what's... Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big old bass nerd though. Like I played bass for like maybe almost like I don't I don't know six or seven years before I ever picked up a guitar. Oh okay. So like I started off as a bassist like as a teenager in the '90s playing bass. So like yeah like I'm all about that shit. Like personally, like who are your favorite bassists? If you have any, I know that you're not a bass guy per se like but uh, when i was a kid like my fair bass player was a guy named doug kaiser from watchtower, watchtower. not not watchtower the the magazine publication for jehovah witnesses uh <laughs> it was just a band called watchtower just a metal band where they're like ah! you know kind of that high-pitched singing um but they're uh I'll, I'll put one of those on my top five list when we get to it nice. um you can look it up but yeah, it's um, just super, like technical, like prog. Probably or... compared to these days, it probably wouldn't be that technical compared to what's out there now. Just because, uh, you know, everything's kind of advanced a few levels since then. But um, as when I was a kid, that was probably my favorite bass player. If you were to like have to know. pick one, yeah. Nice. Like, uh, who do you who do you like now musically? Like, who's really influencing you? Um, I don't know. I, I kind of like stuff like uh, uh, Aphex Twin, and uh, I don't know. I, it just kind of whatever strikes your fancy at the time. Yeah. Let's see. Pull up my iTunes. See what I. See now it's time to play What's in Your iTunes. Yeah, What's in Your iTunes. Oh, man, that See, would make anime a f- stuff. Is that because of the Hatsune Miku pedal you're uh, playing with for uh, inspiration? No, yeah, no, it's just like a uh, Maison Ikoku. That's just like a show. Like, so you got Madonna. Madonna. <laughs> Joe the Pass, Dick Tracy album. Joe Pass. Um, Houston bass, Jaco Pastorius. No, Jaco. Uh, that, that guy, every time you pick up a bass magazine, there's got to be at least one article about Jaco. Yeah. You got Death. Dr. Dre's uh, The Chronic. You've got The Classic. Uh, the Some Cure, yeah. I see. We've both been listening to The Cure. Um, Buckethead. Buckethead. A local guy. Apex Twin, Bad Brains. Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of kind of all over the place. That's, that's pretty eclectic right there. Uh, Nile. Eclectic is the word of the podcast today. There we go. Word there we go. Day. Word of the day. Look it up, uh, kids. I don't know. Just all over the place. You listen to music. Yeah. <laughs> so let's um, let's talk about like uh, you were just showing us some new stuff that you've been working on, and it seems like a lot of it's conceptually like like you said you're writing a soundtrack to a video game that doesn't exist. Essentially, Kinda, yeah. I guess it's um, it's just different. You know, it's it's kind of funny because the the world we live in now, people um don't really buy music anymore. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I used to think of it, oh, I mean, I want to write stuff that, you know, people really want, you know, and and I'm going to work really hard and, uh, you know, just try to make something that everybody's going to like and I'm I'm kind of throwing that away now and I'm just, you know, I'm just going to do weird shit and fuck it if I like it <laughs> or not. And, um, you know, I have just like, you know, you, CDs are kind of out of, like if you look in that closet, you can see, you know, 
hundreds and hundreds of CDs just sitting there. So it's like, ah, I'm not going to make CDs anymore. And I'll just, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a tough, tough so thing. Yeah. Time and music. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, um, I feel like we're getting, I feel like the digital transition is almost done. Like we're kind of at the tail end of everybody learning how to put music on the internet. Sort yeah, of. but there's also a revival of vinyl and cassettes going yeah, on. Yeah, right I don't now. like the cassette revival. You I got to, because let's face it, like cassettes just don't last as long or sound as good as any other medium. I I think for a lot of music, I'd rather have a cassette than an LP because the uh, the crackling, even you got to have a really good player, a really good needle, really clean, or else you're going to hear some hiss of the needle and some cracking that's the, the warmth bro that's where the no, music that's not, really that's is not on the signal. like like i'm you're just talking about fucking stuff with laid you. down on analog tape in a studio you transfer it to analog tape in your boom box like that's as close as you're getting to the studio sound then then you know you have a bunch of people making stuff digitally and putting it on a tape so there's hiss Right, and then you have people <laughs> spending like hours and hours arguing on Facebook over sixteen versus twenty-four bit and whether it actually matters. Yeah, it wants, um, it, those conversations make me go insane because you have these people quoting like the Nyquist theorem and Fourier <laughs> transforms, and you have these people going, "It sounds better." <laughs> like, they're not even having the same argument, but they just keep punching each other just, in the Facebook. It's just science and religion going back and <laughs> pretty forth. Much, like, pretty much. Yeah, but who even cares? I mean, I don't know. I feel like stuff sounds so good nowadays. Even if you're just like farting on a snare in your bedroom, you're going to be able to manipulate Sample that. that shit. Yeah. That's the next dope trap beat. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But like, I got to, I don't know. Me personally, I'm, I like not having, because I have, you know, when I was a kid having to carry around like two binders full of CDs everywhere I went because I just needed the options versus just having it all condensed into a little brick that I take everywhere with me that weighs almost nothing. Yeah, definitely easier. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just way easier. And like, there's, I actually get to hear the music as it was made, so to speak. But you don't get the tactile, you know, looking at the album cover. Yeah, I yeah. miss liner notes. I'm, I was really fetishistic about, like, listening to an album while looking at the liner looking, notes. Reading the lyrics. Like, or yeah, yeah like, I mean, if you look at an old uh, Nuclear Abbott demo tape, you know, we used to spend hours, like, cutting out weird shit and making it look oh, yeah. pretty pretty crazy with yeah. all the, um, you know, putting all the lyrics in there and all the, the drawings yeah. and stuff. And Doc. Doc spent like more time making the booklet for our CD than probably any other aspect of it <laughs> because like he was just saying, like he was so adamant about wanting that like liner note feel. Yeah. You know, spent a lot and, of time like, on yeah. production too, but yeah, but, made, yeah. made it an important part as, of the process. As far as like yeah. the physical, like packaging though. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. You know, we upgrading from a demo to your first CD. If you're DIYing it, you can put as much love into it as you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now we just have like hundreds of those hanging yeah. out. Go to cartoonviolencestore.com and buy our CDs. Buy and 20 of them. Can, uh, send them out of my buy, storage space. Buy hundreds. Help us. Help <laughs> they us. want to be free. Look, not free as in money, but free as in free from the confines of my storage space. Well, yeah, we're not uh, We're not trying to get a gold record here, but, you know, it'd be nice. maybe cardboard. Hey, it's a limited edition. Only cool. a thousand of them exist in the world. Yeah. If you want to own a piece of history? Buy our CD. I'm sure that the 5,000 people listening to this podcast will, like, at least a fifth They'll of them will be fighting over Yeah. They, they can't all get one. Heads will roll. Yeah. Limited print. Very good. <laughs>
All right, but back to our guest. Um, man. So when did you when did you start building this pedal arsenal out? Uh, I've always kind of been into pedals. Um, I don't know, kind of the last. Um, you know, the the first solo album, I kind of did most of it on a, a delay pedal. Um, and then I just kind of wanted to get more sounds and um, kind of be able to, because uh, you know if if someone's sitting there and, and going to show and I'm going to play for 40 minutes and it's just me, it's it's nice to have kind of different different sounds and soundscapes so it kind of doesn't sound like it's just one guy playing by himself for 40 minutes. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, some sounds kind of sound like a. Uh, Oh, yeah, let's uh, just. Here. Do you want to gonculate? I'll, I'll gonculate. Let us gonculate. I mean, it looks like you've got what about twenty or thirty pedals two, between two four. boards. Yeah, some of them are big and so, do like looping so stuff. So the oh shit, whoa! Um, the sound so, of a Brita filter. Uh, so kind of the way this works is is this board is kind of my main board, and depending on the kind of the music I'm playing, since since kind of like I was telling you, like this. Um, this new album I'm making is kind of just more weird sounds and kind of um, crazy shit. That's kind of what all this, uh, the second board is. So, so it's kind of designed that if I want to play a show and I'm just kind of doing the regular solo stuff, I can just bring this board. Um, and then if I was doing something like, uh, you know, one of Eric's shows or something where it's more chip tunes and more crazy shit, I could add this board and kind of um, take it to that take it to that next level yeah like world three four yeah <laughs> take the warp zone yeah to pedal so pedals. so that's kind of how that works so so these pedals are pedals that i don't necessarily need to um for everything whereas this board is um i can i could play pretty much any show with just that's the, your money maker right there yeah i guess mm. if that makes sense um but yeah just to kind of I'm not gonna play anything fancy, but yeah, just to give you kids an example so of what's like, possible. Um, so this would be like a regular, regular bass sound. Um, so that'd be like a kind of a. I don't know, 8-bit Nintendo sound. Um, uh, yeah, that just sounds that? like delayed, angels. Delayed pitch. Robot angels raining fire yeah. down on. Um, this is the Miku pedal we were talking about. Yeah, the Miku before. stomp. I've got one of these. Oops. So with this one, you can um, you can actually they have an app for it in Japan. You have to download you it get, from the yeah the Japanese iTunes. <laughs> you have to like yeah. rig the system, and then in the app you can put uh, like Japanese lyrics and then program it into the pedal. And then as you play, like right now, like this one. Do you know the Godzilla, uh, What's Mothra, Matsuraya? Yeah. So. Uh... <laughs> 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 
know you, whatever it was. I don't know. But um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, so I put the lyrics to it in there, and then you could play along with the song for for shits long and giggles. Um, so that's the that one. This one kind of sounds like a. Now it's like, now you sound like you're like running through a synthesizer or something instead of like a physical like instrument, like a bass or something. And it just glitches out. These like synth modules? No, it's just a, it's just a fuzz pedal with like a sequencer on it. So, I mean, that's, that's that. This one kind of sounds... This is the Bit Commander from Earthquaker Devices. Kind of like a saw wave. Um, nice. This one kind of sounds... I can't reach from here. <laughs> kind of like a shitty... <laughs> like you just circumvent a toy. Or like what, one of those like cheap little keyboards you buy, yeah, but like exactly the battery is dying. It's a low battery $5 Chinese keyboard. Yeah. Kind of, I guess the, the good thing about it is, is not so much the individual pedals as when you mix different ones together and, and kind of get some pretty crazy sounds. So, yeah, yeah. You, you do a lot of like getting something percussive, looping it, laying over something atmospheric, looping it, and then doing yeah. like leads so, over that. So, like, you know, a lot of people get these pedals for this one specific sound, but it's kind of like a it's like a color and a paintbrush where you know you yeah. okay you put a little bit of this and then you cover it with this and then put this at the end and then when you you know it's just yeah you, once you then get you got all your happy little things. trees and like your mountains but it's like yeah like one but like each petal is like oh this is gray yeah this is forest green you got to mix in a little bit of white with that so i'll put some fuzz on it you know happy little fuzz <laughs> yeah, so yeah like uh, this uh the new recording i'm doing is it's kind of like um uh certain pedals are certain characters and certain uh other pedals are like an opposing character and there's like a you know i don't know some kind of it's like story. a peter and the wolf approach to like all all everything which is cool i don't know it's interesting because like the way i write music is like very much like I try to build a story, but like I'm like trying to build the story around the lyrics or something yeah. like that. Like I'm not building it around the instrumentation, and I'm not like assigning parts the same way that you do. So yeah. it's like it's it's definitely a cool uh, approach to just instrumental music in, in general. I think. Yeah. Sweet. Well. So do you do you see this this project you're working on being like an online EP or concept album or where is it going? Uh, well, right now I think I have probably um, I think I have about seventeen songs that I like, and then um, but they're all they're all kind of pretty. Sh I'm kind of like uh, writing them like I don't want to say game themes, but they're just pretty short, and there's not much as far as getting involved in fact some of them kind of have multiple parts so like you'll hear part of the song and then later on there'll be another um piece of it later on it's not necessarily um, orchestral so, it's just yeah so it's yeah i kind of i'm i'm not i'm still kind of working on how i'm going to piece it all together because there's some that are definitely um kind of musical thong songs with a theme and there's some that just sound like weird sound effects and shit that um i'm not really sure like 
you know, if you're hearing something, you're like, oh, I'm grooving to this. And the next song is just like weird robot noises. I don't know how that's going <laughs> to fly with, you know, because, you know, I want to make sure somebody gets an album there. They listen to it and they're like, OK, um, I want to listen to this again. Not, you know, oh, I'm never going to listen. <laughs> you know, it's right. like um, so I, I'm still figuring out a way to kind of make it cohesive, I guess. So it'll get there. Yeah. Right. And then, so what's going on with this, uh, metal project that you're working on though? Um, so the, the voodoo gods, is just kind of a, a thing I've been doing, uh, I think for probably seven years now. So mm. it's, um, is it just like a studio project you guys do together? Uh, or? mainly, I mean, um, the, the main guy that, uh, puts it together, his name's Alex and he's in, in Germany. Um, and you know, all the, all the band members are kind of from like different metal bands and, uh, you know, like we had a Nurgle from uh, behemoth on the first EP. And then, um, as you said, corpse grinder from cannibal corpse has been on the last two albums. Um, you had a guitarist from man of war on oh, really? <laughs> a couple albums, um, but he's on the new one. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just been a project and I, I think, you know, the, the goal was to play some festivals in Europe at some point, but, um, that hasn't, cause you guys yet. are like a metal super group, right? Yeah. And I think yes. everybody like to do the recording of this, the, the singing this time we had to, um, kind of time it when he had, uh, the singer had breaks in his tour schedule. So it's um, like being like the traveling Wolverines. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but what was that like a Grateful Dead guy? And oh, it was like what Tom Petty, uh, Roy, Roy Orbison, Orbison, George Harrison, and uh, Jeff Lynne from ELO. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you took if you took the metal equivalent, that would be... yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's probably better than that. <laughs> we should we should do uh, super the, the, the soup the super group of each genre as a game. Oh wow. Genre supergroups? Yeah. That would be fucking tough. Yeah. That would be really tough. I'm afraid of that already. Yeah. I'm let's, let's, I'm gonna veto that. Oh right. on, it's I'll... a one to one vote, which means <laughs> no compromise. So we should do another game. All right. Yeah. How about a top five list game where everybody we pick a theme each month for the top five list and then like we go through our list with our guests and if there's any overlap on those lists we play some sort of game to decide who the winner is yeah yeah and like we could start counting down from five to one but do it one at a time yeah and, like take turns around a circle yeah, yeah that would be great oh wait we already do that maybe we could even get our guest to improvise a top five theme song for us oh, oh it's the top five theme song <laughs> Shit. top five Cartoon Violence has a podcast. Listen to our lists. They're full of interesting songs. Learn about our music tastes. It's the Cartoon Violence has a podcast top five lists. Hashtag CV5. Hot. Bass riff. All right, there we go. We finally have a, a theme song. Fifteen episodes in, we've got a song. That was horrible. <laughs> That's that'll fit with the rest of our, our rest of our musical catalog. Yeah. Nah, right nah. We don't suck that much. So, so we um. 
Yeah, we, we don't need try to... to make it on theme. So we decided to do top five bass riffs. Yeah. But uh, you said you don't really like bassists, so this will be fun. Yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> nah, nothing against bass players. No. Nah. So let's uh, let's pull up our respective lists. And, and what are we going to do for tiebreakers? I mean, if we have any conflicts. Uh, bass off. Okay. How does that work? I don't know. I'll be like, and then you'll try and beat me. Okay. All right. M- mouth bass. Mouth bass. All right. M- mouth bass offs. So if you and him have like the same bass lines on your list, like we'll we'll make a sound and then I will choose the winner. Oh, uh, okay. Huh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but if we have no collisions, then it's just fifteen songs that people get to hear about without us fighting. Okay. Yeah. So Jean, you want to start us off with your number five bass uh, riff of all about, time? Uh, milk from Stormtroopers of Death. Ah, uh, I don't you know, know that, but I'm yeah. sure it's funky. It's not no, really none funky. of us, none of us know it. <laughs> this is I. I really we were prepared it. for your list to be very esoteric. Yeah. So I mean, people well, can people can look. We're up gonna we're gonna songs. have links. Yeah. To yeah, everything. Okay. So assuming you it's online somewhere, well, here, I'll give you like the baseline really quick, and then you can, you know. Uh, well, it doesn't. You well, know. Just so you can kind of feel it. So feel we it. can know why you like it so much. Yeah. Well, unless this goes really slow, hold on, because I don't have enough arms. So, yeah, why haven't you grown more arms yet? I think that was the question we forgot to ask during the podcast. Yeah, I need more fingers and arms. Not even milk. Yeah. Go online and download it, kids. So that was my choice. Okay. All right. Uh, I think for my number five, I'm going to have to go with Only in Dreams by Weezer. It's not a complicated bass riff, but it's one of the first ones I ever learned to play. And it's just, it fits the song well. There you go. That's sweet. It's, it's, it's good for number five. It's a, it's a nice little melodic sort yeah. of like emo thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm coming out hot right from the box. <laughs> um, I'm going with Johnny Kick a Hole in the Sky by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like, yeah, I grew up in the 90s. I, as a bassist, I listened to like a lot of the earlier Chili Peppers stuff, like more than I knew. I really like that and like Mellow Ship Slanky. Like, uh, that bass line, I remember really trying hard to learn it when I was like a kid. Uh-huh. And stuff, but yeah, I mean, as far but they, I knew it had they had to be on the list. Somewhere. Which album is that on? Oh God, I th- yeah, I think it's on Freaky Styley. I should know that. Yeah, I probably know it. I just don't know it by. It's name. either on that or Mother's Milk. Maybe maybe it's on Mother's Milk. Maybe. I think it's. I don't on know. Milk. It was it was on what hits? I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> it was on their greatest hits album. After their first three albums. Yeah. Which actually still stands as their greatest hits. <laughs> a lot of times, yeah. None of the songs they've done since then have been better. Well. Maybe. No, I mean, Give It Away was pretty hot and that yeah. came out afterwards. Yeah. That Blood Sugar Sex Magic that is a great a album, album overall. Yeah, that was the yeah, last good album. It's not on Freaky Styling, because I know that one. It must be on Mother's Milk. Must be. Ah. I just have the Uplift Mofo Party Plan and Freaky Style. So. Those are good albums, though. Yeah. Kinda, you kind of... Okay, do we do we keep going? Yeah, yeah, yeah now you're number, no, four. You're number oh, okay. four. 
Yeah, number four. Let's see. Where did I put it? Where is his number four list? Grabbing that list. Uh, Halloween by the Dead Kennedys. Oh, nice. That song is fucking badass. I know that song. That song is awesome. I was actually just talking last week to my girlfriend. It's like if I was ever going to cover a Dead Kennedy song, that would probably be the Dead Kennedy song I would cover. There you go. All right. I'm going to call an audible here just because you you actually predictively chastised me for putting the Seinfeld theme song yeah, on my list. Yeah, what the fuck? First of all, <laughs> that's a keyboard. It's a keyboardist. And there's a rumor There's a rumor that Les Claypool wrote that, and that is a fucking lie. Oh, really? Yeah. Les Claypool oh. did not write the theme to Seinfeld. But he wrote My Name is Mud. He did write My Name is which Mud. Which is my number four. Ooh, nice. Very nice. Um, Primus is also my number four, but it's a different Primus song. So, uh, Is it Jerry? No, I went with Southern Bound Pachyderm. Oh yeah, That's I really like I really like that song a lot. I know that about you. Yeah, yeah, I really thought that you would put that on there just to like try and like put a monkey wrench. No, in my I knew plans. I had to put some Primus in there, and I think I mean my name is Bud. That was like the first song I ever moshed to. My first mosh pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's pretty much the end of my my nineties stint on yeah. on my list. I got have the Primus seen, and the Fiat. Have you ever the seen the Jerry was a race car driving video? The video? Yeah. yeah, and he's like I'm, going. I'm in like... the video. Oh the really? Mosh pit. Oh nice. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Nice trivia time. There was like a brief moment where you can kind of. It was. Uh, I don't know. If, do you know the Phoenix Theater in Petaluma? Oh yeah. 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 It was. Totally. It was filmed there, and it was. I was there that night. So nice. Yeah. Didn't. But isn't the Caldecott Tunnel in that video too? I, don't know. I think. Maybe. I feel like it is. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's neither here nor there. Nothing else matters. But yeah, Southern Mountain so Pachyderms. Except John's so number three. Is it oh, Nothing okay. Else Matters? Three, that would be uh, great. Number three is uh, Street Beater from uh, Sanford and Son. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. I love it when TV themes make the list. Because like, there there's an era where like music like for TV so, like openings was really good. Like that and like SWAT. Yeah, the 70s, 80s. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I love that. All right. My number three. Billy Jean. Billy Jean. Nice. That's a pretty grooving. Such a good groove. Yeah. Classic. I would have gone with like. Uh, but I think, that's... again, that's a keyboard. I'm pretty sure. That's... Is, it a, is it a bass or a keyboard? Uh, I think that it might be both on that song. But yeah, you went with a lot of. I was kind of giving you shit on the way over here a little bit. Like that's not really a bass. Well, I guess it's a bass riff or yeah, a bass, it's a bass line. Part. So it's not just. It's just not by a real. You bassist. dissing Quincy Jones? Don't look at Quincy Jones. Choices. Quincy Jones ain't gonna help you. <laughs> I would never do that. Um, uh, I would. I guess shake your body down to the ground. That one. Let's. If I was gonna go with the Michael Jackson song. Um, which which you aren't? No, I'm not. So, uh, well, kind of, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I'm going with "What Did He Say" by Victor Wooten. I was like 18 years old, and like I was in like a music theory class, and this other bass kid was like, "You don't know who Victor Wooten is? You got to check him out." And I checked him out, and I was like, "Oh, it was just like I was like 18, and, I'm, and I realized I'm never gonna get that good." Like that was the first. That's like happened to me, like on the way to school while you know, I was listening to Victor Wooten and this song. In particular, it was like the first time I'd ever heard him. 
And like, I was just like, wow, this guy is like killing it with these crazy ass riffs. Like he's got a lot of, his technique is just a lot of fast, like triplet stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's not all there is to it, but like, I was, I don't know. I just was like, I don't know how he's playing that fast the first time I heard it. So that, that made it, I tried to go with like sentimental stuff in a lot uh -huh. of cases from growing up as a bassist. Right. It's got to yeah. mean something to you. It like does. Like the Seinfeld theme. <laughs> Which might be my number one. It's not. <laughs> hey, John, what's your number two? Number two is, uh, well, it's Watchtower, the one I mentioned before. So Control and Resistance. So I guess you'll have to just look up that song. Well, we'll we, we put hot links okay, and all of our go. stuff. The hottest links. Spicy as fuck. Hot live bass solo. Hot live bass solos. Waiting for your call. All right. My number two is Good Times by Sheik, which is also the bass line used in Rapper's Delight and a bunch of other Daft Punk songs. And like it's everything. Just, it's just it's that good that it's been used five hundred times. It's good times. It is good times. Nice. Uh mine's a little bit on theme with that. I went with I Want You Back by the Jackson Five. Okay. Like yeah. One. Yeah, that that baseline is killer, and yeah. it's it's grooving the whole time. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the best. Yeah, there we go. That's my number two. That's your number two. All right, I'm really and surprised. Bass roll, please. Oh. Okay, number one. Um, Tetris Attack, Waterworld, plus Waterworld Critical. Wow. <laughs> This is a this is and a that's video, a non-bass. So there you go. This is uh, eight-bit bass. What is it? Oh, dude, I never played Tetris. Tetris Attack Waterworld. Tetris Attack Waterworld. Okay. Well, 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 well is Kevin Costner in that? Kevin Costner is all up in that. Yeah, it's like the Yoshi puzzle, Super Nintendo game. Yeah. There you go. Right there. Here we go. Simple yet dignified. Let it resonate inside your heart. Picturing the blocks dropping into water. Blocks dropping in water. Get four in a row. We and call that a Tetris. Look out for that T-shaped block. It's gonna mess you up. That backwards L. Is gonna give you hell Oh, Tetris In water, water. Tetris Water Blocks critical. Oh, shit Now it's getting real You thought it was real before It's taking Tetris to a whole new world A water world
Wait, give it in. Give it, here it comes. The blocks are about to drop. One, two. <laughs> This gives me kind of a never-ending story feel. Like, I feel like I could be, like, riding over Eternia on a luck dragon while this played in the background. And like, yeah! Or... They, they haven't made a video game of that, have they? Never-ending story? I don't think so. That'd make a good video game. We should make the never-ending story video game. Yeah, let's Somebody just... green light that? Yeah, let's just get the license. Studio? Sure. And developers? Can we get Jack Black? Developers? Can we get Jack Black for... To for, play Falcor? Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Probably. So what's your number one, Doc? My number one? Best bass riff of all time. Heart of the Sunrise by Yes. Chris Squire, rest in peace. Mad props. Mad props. <laughs> nice. Um, famous, made famous. In, the first time I heard that was actually um, in the movie Buffalo 66. There's that scene that's shot with those, um, the Matrix cams you know the bullet time cams where it's actually like a semicircle of 50 cameras shooting one frame at a time but it's a scene where the guy goes into a strip club with a gun and starts shooting people hmm. and so there's like blood and tits and slow-mo 3d and the heart of the sunrise like, just awesome killerness killerness that's all you can say uh, this is kind of a weird curveball. It goes back to the nineties a little bit, but in the meantime, by Space Hog. Oh, nice! And then I picked this because it's the first baseline I ever learned. Like it was the first time I ever learned like somebody else's like music or something. Does like that, that have like some effects on his head, or is that all the guitar? The guitar has the effects, okay. and it's just like and like being a a noob bass player or whatever, and like busting that out like i just kind of never looked back i guess in a lot of ways nice so we both that. put the first bass lines we ever learned on our list yeah i guess i guess so i also would have i really wanted to put a uh, flashlight by parliament funkadelic on there that's a good one but i did not have room because yeah. it's a top five not a top six yeah i didn't have i wanted to put spirits in the material world by the police because that's like I don't think Sting deserves to be on. No. I mean, nor normally, no. Normally, he's like a fit into the background kind of bass player. But that was one of those songs where he really like put some spin on the riff, gave it some syncopation and like stood out from the background because he's like as a bassist, his style is all about making that floor for everybody else to stand on. He doesn't care about like putting stalagmites up on it. He just wants to sound like reggae. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of like a, a reggae where they kind of fill in the gaps. So yeah. It's not yeah. Well, a lot of that's Stuart Copeland. Yeah. He's like he's an island drummer. Well, there we go. Yeah, that's our list for this week or month, I guess. Yeah. And hey, we'll be back again next month, as with, always. With more lists. And uh, John, where can people go? Uh, let's, I guess the main place would be my website. So, uh, J E A N B A U D I N dot com. Well, I guess, do you do like the social medias at all like the oh, yeah, twitters I, or the I facebooks kinda, i kind of hate social media to be honest but um you are a, welcome to do a, that it's a necessary evil i guess so tweet at 11 strings why you also hate social media yeah i don't even remember i i'm horrible <laughs> i don't even do uh I, I i'll post on facebook every once in a while it's just kind of like it's kind of like i have to punch myself to do it 
um twitter i don't even think i've logged into it to look so i've I, um i i guess i don't know i Let's just see. Aww. So you, you you playing shows these days? Can people see you live in the Bay Area? Um, well, I'm supposed to go to Europe for the um, to do some stuff for the Voodoo Gods. So I'm kind of been not booking too many shows because I'm just not sure when the when yeah because I don't want to like book something and then like hey I gotta I gotta you know I I don't know when the dates are so it's kind of hard to do that. But I'll probably have some stuff in the summertime. Killing. I don't know. Just follow up on the website. Yeah. Just follow. Go to the website every day. Make it your homepage. Yeah. And then as soon as you're done with that, tab over to cartoon-violence.com or cartoonviolencemusic.com. Either one. Either Take one. Take your pick. Listen to more episodes of the podcast. Buy our merch. Do whatever you want. We got tons of new t-shirts that you can buy. Oh, yeah. Go to our threadless. Cartoonviolence.threadless.com. And uh, as as we always do, we're playing a show like within two days of this episode launching. Yeah, so nobody. If who you listens if to you listen to this on June first, June third, we'll be at the Sub Zero Festival, uh, opening up the state one of the stages there, and that's in San Jose, California. We'll yeah. be at the Binary Society stage, which is all the chip tune electronic stuff. Yeah, playing with Paladin Shield and Crash Faster, our good buddy. Yeehaw, and a bunch of other people we've never met, but, but I'm sure they're great they're awesome. too. They're awesome. Um, so yeah, bleepy and bleepy. They're bloop. They bloop the fuck out of those bleeps. So come say hi yeah. and uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review so that more people can mm-hmm. find out about our fantastic content. Yeah. Oh, and uh, hey, follow us on Twitter at Cartoon Violins, like violin, like the instrument, with an S at the end. Uh, so it's like a play on words. If you didn't catch that, uh, the real Cartoon Violence on Facebook. Uh, and then hey, if you want to win this month's loot crate, just go on our Facebook or our Twitter and uh, tell us why you deserve to win. Make sure you're following us on one of those follow or like us. And then tell us why you deserve this month's loot crate. It's really cool. It's got like a, an infinity glove, an infinity gauntlet oven mitt and a, a statue of the Hulk and some For other all cool your stuff. Hulk statue needs. I have, you know about the Hulk statue problems I've been having lately. You've been having some serious ass Hulk statue problems professor well this month loot crate solved that for me so we're in a good place now so can you still go to lootcratecom slash weekend geek and enter the code wig for a discount i think you can and if you can't i mean still go there and buy it even if you don't get the discount <laughs> so there you go yeah and that's to me that's our shameless loot crate plug right there so this is uh, how you make money off of podcasts people. come on people and rate us five stars on itunes as well and i think that's the last of our shameless pluggery yeah let's we'll, we'll give shout outs to all the five star ratings on on our next podcast yeah we'll give you we'll give you cyber cases. i need to hire you guys for all my shameless plugs yeah we will shamelessly plug all of your things if you give us money unless you're a nazi we will not shamelessly plug nazis then then we'll have plenty of shame yeah. <laughs> It'll be shameful plugs. And with that cheerful note, we'll see you next month. Thanks for having a podcast with thanks, us. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>